This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are joining us today. This is part of the New York City Marathon series, doing six episodes with some recaps of athletes who ran the race. And this series is presented by Lagoon. Unlock your optimal rest and recovery by going to lagoonsleep.com and taking the two-minute sleep quiz to find the Lagoon pillow matched to you. And be entered to win a Gen 3 Aura ring. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at checkout for an exclusive 15% off your first order. Today's episode is with Matt James, who ran the marathon with none other than Shalane Flanagan. We all love Shalane, don't we? And funny enough, when I started this podcast, I thought I would be doing a lot more pop culture talk in the podcast, and that was six years ago. And part of my whole tagline was like, oh, and sometimes we'll talk about The Bachelor and what's going on in pop culture. And that has quickly become a very small part of the show. But that is a show that I have watched for years. And Matt James, you might know who he is because he was on the 25th season of The Bachelor. He was also on Dancing with Stars. But more importantly than all of that, he is the founder of the nonprofit ABC Food Tours, which he's going to tell you about in this episode. And this was his fourth marathon, I believe. He's run New York City before, he's run Boston, and he's run Chicago. What I love about Matt is his heart for giving back and having a big purpose in life. And you're going to hear that come out in this episode. And uh, he has a goal to break three hours in the marathon one day. So he's not kidding around. He's all in with this marathon thing. And we're going to talk about that as well. If you are enjoying this series, and this podcast at all, please take two minutes, two minutes to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We do give away a pair of Gooder sunglasses every single month. So I look at the new ratings and reviews and you are entered to win a pair of Gooder shades when you leave one. You can do that on iTunes. It's super simple. You can also leave a rating on Spotify. All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with Matt James. All right, friends, I am so excited to welcome Matt James to All Have Another Podcast. Welcome to the show, Matt. What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Is it a beautiful day in New York City? You know what? It's it's actually rainy and gloomy. Like, really? It's, it's crazy. The day after the marathon, literally the day after the marathon, it's like 40 degrees. The next day is 45. Like, where was this weather on race day? It's just, it's, uh, you know, Mother Nature playing games with us. You're telling me. People kept talking about the weather leading up, and I was like, it's going to be fine. I live in Raleigh. I have trained through this heat and humidity. It's so hilly here. And I'm telling you, at mile two, I was like, I'm overheating. Oh, no. Did you feel yeah. that early on? So I, I was the same way like you were. Like, I've never run a race in the type of conditions that we raced the New York City Marathon in. So, like, I didn't really have a baseline, but it doesn't sound that hot. Like 60, 65 is like, like I'm wearing a hoodie in most places during that weather, but with the humidity and whatnot, it was just, I mean, 
it took it out of me. Like, like you said, when you said you felt it mile two, like my body didn't feel it, but I, I had the the privilege of running with, with Alexi Pappas and Shalane Flanagan. And um, I was looking over at them at like mile three coming up on the first aid station. And like, I'm not a person that takes in a bunch of fluids when I run it just jacks up my stomach, but I was sweating like a pig. And I was like, Hey y'all, like, is it just me or, and are y'all like drenched? And I looked over and they're dripping. So mm-hmm. they're like, no, you got to start hydrating now. So yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. Do you do gels though? Like what do you take nutrition wise? So everything is, is, it's constantly changing for me as I'm like evolving as a runner. So like, you know, I would say like when I first started doing marathons, I would look for like, you know, the, um, the cookies and cream gel and like, you know, <laughs> and I like the fun flavors that like sound good and sound delicious and like a snack. And, um, one thing I noticed during my training, uh, and it was just an epiphany for me was that when I drank anything outside of water, when I was running, my mouth got pasty and like chalky. And I, and I would like find myself spitting a bunch and I don't like to spit when I run, if I don't have to, like, I just want to just you know, run. And this might be like oversharing, but like, (laughs) so I only want to drink water when I'm running. I don't want to take in anything that's going to make my mouth like, you know, sticky. And so I didn't realize that until I was running the marathon. So I had in my, in my pocket, I had all these like, you know, kid gummy flavored, uh, goos and whatnot. (laughs) And and when I took it, I could barely open my mouth. And I was like, oh my gosh, like these, this isn't going to work. So to answer your question, do I take gels and whatnot? I do. And I learned during the marathon that going forward, the only thing that I'll take or that I've taken that doesn't, you know, cause that sensation in my mouth is the Morton gel. Mm, uh, That's what Shalane had. And she was, you know, feeding me. So, but she wasn't even really taking them in like that. Like I was (laughs) like, my pocket, my pants, I look back at the pictures. They're like sagged down because I have all this stuff in my pockets like I really only needed a few of them and I just needed to take in more water, I think. Yeah. I always skip the Gatorade at marathons, but in New York, I was going for all the Gatorade because I could just yeah. tell even I was, t- I take Huma gels. That's what I use, but I could just tell like, I need more, like I need yeah. more electrolytes and I was dumping water on my head and my hands. And, um, I thought I was being dramatic about the heat though, but now I like the only two people I've heard the heat didn't bother them was, Alphine, who was our top American, and <laughs> um, I talked to her, and she was like, "Oh, the heat didn't bother me at all." Yeah. And then I, I don't think it bothered Sharon, the champion of the race, yeah. because yeah. she negative split the race. So right. most people were super affected. Yeah, I think that I think that speaks to the the level of training, maybe. Like, <laughs> I think that if if I know I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know I took a lot of shortcuts. Like, uh-huh. um, I didn't get my long runs in like I should have. Uh, I can go down a list of things. So like the easy way out for me would be to say that the weather wasn't great, but in reality, like, I think I could have done a lot of things differently that would have put me in a better position to, to run the race I would have liked to run. Um, but that being said, I don't think the, the weather did anybody any favors. Um, so yeah, that, that, that makes sense hearing that from the top runners. Okay. So I need to hear your running story though. So you played football at Wake Forest Mm-hmm. So you're a football guy. You're a big guy too. So running marathons is maybe harder because you're so tall. So tell us, how did you even get the seed planted? Like I'm going to become a marathoner. Right. Yeah. I guess it really started back in like high school or maybe before high school. Like when I was growing up, maybe elementary school, my brother and I just had so much energy 
And um, my mom was a single parent. So she's like, what activity can I put these fools in? So they're not tearing up the house. And the most logical thing was to, to join a track program. So my brother and I started running track like as, as soon as you could join teams. We ran with the Junior Striders. We ran with the Durham Eagles, like some of the top programs in North Carolina. And like I always enjoyed running from that point on. So like I ran in middle school, I ran in high school, I ran cross country in high school. Oh, you like, did. I was, I was training with the cross country team. I didn't ever compete, but um, I, I've always loved running and I was never the fastest, but I, um, I always fell into that like mid distance level. So I did like 400, four by four. Um, if, if we were being punished, they'd put us in the four by eight. Mm-hmm. So like um, that, that was kind of like my relationship with running. And then when I got to college and I'm playing football, you've got to keep on all the weight you can possibly have just to protect yourself. So the 400 was out of the question at like, you know, 230 pounds. And um, once I stopped playing football, I just wanted a way to, to push myself. And like I needed an anti-drug. Um, there just wasn't a lot that was stimulating me from like a competitive standpoint. Like I'm not going to join some rec league team and, you know, get out my uh, built up aggression and energy from, you know, not playing sports anymore there. I needed something that I could really lock in on and I could use as an excuse not to do things I didn't want to do. Cause a lot of my friends socialize and did things around, you know, going to the bars, going out, drinking, um, doing drugs. And that was never really my style. And so if I always had something that I was training for and towards, and I could be like, like, you know, like I can't make it out to the bars tonight. I got to I'm training for a half marathon, I'm training for this, I'm training for that. And so it really honestly started as just something to to use as an excuse not to do things I didn't want to do. Because if you tell somebody you're running a marathon or you're training for a marathon, then, you know, the them asking you to take shots hopefully slows down. And, um, you know, them peer pressuring you into going to the bars and stuff slows down. And then I just started getting competitive with it. It's like if I'm going to do all this work, like my first few marathons, I was just out stopping, taking pictures, like just taking in the whole experience. But it's a lot of training and a lot of time to put into something to not, you know, get results that you're hoping for. So uh, this past marathon and the marathon before that, when I ran Boston, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick up the training a little bit and I'm taking on bits and pieces every time uh, that are hopefully going to get me to a place where I'm successful in the the, the times that I'm trying to achieve because um, I'm learning something from every race. You're running some really hard courses, you know, like yeah. New York and Boston are both really hard courses. I saw you run Chicago too, though. Chicago was great. Chicago was my first marathon and I'd love to get another crack at that one. Now that, you know, I've got a little bit more experience under the belt and uh, I'd like to race it a little bit more competitively. I think that it would be a, a fun place to try to PR just with the lack of elevation. And, you know, you typically get good weather up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be hot sometimes. It can be hot. It can be hot. But I think that gets back for me, at least with my training. I was doing a lot of training runs in, in Miami and in South Florida. So the, the, the humidity and stuff was something I was used to. But, again, I never got my long runs in. Like the furthest I went was like 15 miles. Really? And I don't really? Yeah. Why? Just time? Just, laziness, one. <laughs> and then, you know, after you've run a few, you think that you, I, I think I've like got it figured out. I'm like, you know, I don't really need to put the uh-huh, miles. Uh-huh. Like I know what to expect, but you can't cheat the training. No. Like you, you've got to, you've got to punish yourself 
before the race so that when you're running, it's just like a reward, you know? Yeah. And I saw you had run like a 10K in 3910, you know, not not super far out from New York. And that indicates a pretty fast marathon time. But yeah, like six miles, you can fake it a little bit. But oh, for you can't sure. fake the marathon. I think, I mean, for me, anything past 13 miles kind of gets a little bit like I, I need to, to tap in a little bit, but I could fake it for anything under 13. So like, it was like a, like I was doing stuff like that. Like, that's a great point. Like I use that 10 K as like a, this was my speed day. Yeah. And if I'm running at like, you know, a 620 pace, that means I can probably do this for 18 more miles at seven pace. And it's, yep. it doesn't work like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It builds so much. Who yeah. is somebody coaching you? I have, I have friends that are runners that I, I pick their brains. Like I don't have like a, I don't have a set, like, you know, program ever, but I'll like, <laughs> I'll be feeling bad about myself for the lack of training. And I'll like one of my, um, one of my good friends, Colleen Quigley, she's a, oh, a yeah. runner. I know Colleen. Do you know Colleen? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll like, I'll tap into someone like a Colleen. I'll be like, Hey Colleen, should I feel bad about like, you know, not having hit these mile markers? And she's like trying to be as nice as possible without <laughs> freaking me out. Like before the race, um, Alexi and uh, Shalane were asking me about my training and whatnot. And I was like overconfident with the lack of training. I'm like, yeah, like I think my long run was like 15 <laughs> and they couldn't like hide the look of like shock of like, wait, like, are you kidding? Like, is that <laughs> like, oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I run, I run 15. And then I was like, oh, should I be worried? And then they're like, oh, no, no, you'll be fine. But at that point, I'm just like, oh, shoot. Like they, if they're worried, I'm worried now. But um, do you know Colleen through your Lululemon partnership? I do. That's where I've met a handful of just a lot of good people in my life. Colleen being one of them. Um, Rob Watson, who's a global run ambassador for Lululemon, who uh, is a, a marathoner out of uh, Canada. Um, I mean, there's a there's a long list of, of athletes that I've met through the Lululemon um, ambassador program that's just been incredible and just good friends, like people to call on about anything, even things outside of running. But um, it helps having people like that to lean on and to, you know, uh, pat your back when you're feeling bad about uh, the lack of training that's been going on. So, yeah, Lululemon has in the past several years really taken a turn to like focus on the running space. And I think they're doing a really good job cultivating that community there. Thank you. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I might be a little bit biased, but they had a great program that they did this year called No Name, um, the No Name program where, you know, a lot of first time marathoners and, you know, people who have run 20 marathons signed up for this free program that they put on in New York City that was kind of a groundbreaking thing because um, Nike had done something a few years back. I think it was the Moonlight program. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you had to pay for it. So this was like, no, it's free. It's attached to like one of the biggest brands in the world. We're going to do it right. We had um, former Olympians running the program. It, it was just first class. And um, I wasn't in New York to participate in most of it, but I caught the tail end of it. And that's really why I'm excited about being back in New York, because the running community up here is just like no other place I've seen. Um, just haven't spent time in, in Florida specifically in California, the it's, 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 uh, I don't know if segregated is the best word, but it's spread out. Like it's, mm. it's, there's such a concentration of, of people in New York that 
Um, you can, you know, run with the Brooklyn Track Club one day. You can run with the Old Man Run Club one day. There's so many different pockets and groups of people that represent everybody, every type of runner. And it's exciting to be back and um, to be to be here so that I can, you know, have the home course to train on for next year. Oh, you're in. That didn't scare you enough to not come no, back. I need, I need redemption. I okay. need redemption. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna recruit Shalane to pace you again? You know she's got her hands full. She's she she's uh, she, she's doing a million things out in Oregon. She's got a little one now. She's she's coaching the the ducks up. Um, if I could go out there for a week or two and do some training with them, that would Aww. be fantastic. But we've got a good group of, of of runners in New York and a lot of resources here. The toughest thing is just running in the cold. Like yeah, it's no fun. I, I'm not crazy about running in the cold. I'm not crazy about running on the treadmill, but it builds character. Yes. So I will put my freaking gloves on and I will be hitting long runs through the winter in New York, which is um, I'm honestly kind of excited about. Yeah. I mean, it's always just like getting out there is the hardest part. And five minutes in, you're like, it's fine. You're like sweating already. It's no big deal. It's just it feels so hard to walk out the door. Um, Are you doing a lot of runs in Central Park? So I'm, I'm located at the bottom of Manhattan. Okay. When I first moved to New York, I was in the Upper West Side. And my, you know, dream run, my favorite route in New York City is the Riverside Park. And that is like, like, it's it's like New York's best kept secret, in my opinion. It's, it's like right at like all the way on the West Side Highway, like West End, as far as you can go. And um, it's from like, I want to say like 75th or 85th up. Like I'm talking up all the way to the George Washington Bridge in the Bronx or like past the Bronx, like going over to New Jersey. Like it's right on the water. It's beautiful. Right now the the leaves are falling. The weather's changing. Like not a lot of people up there. So it's just you and the trail. And um, I would I would bike that a lot when I lived in the Upper West Side. But now when I'm doing a long run, like when I was training for New York last year, I would start at the Staten Island Ferry and run all the way up there. And that's like 13 miles. And then I'd come back down halfway and then like get on a city bike or something. I took the Staten Island Ferry for the first time this year. What did you think? I liked it. My friend lives out in Staten Island. So we actually like just went out and stayed at her house the night before the race, which was like so clutch. It was so nice. Um, Yeah, it was really cool. But um, we actually, so I was fundraising for Every Mother Counts. I don't know if you've heard of that organization. No, that. Um, So they help uh, women around the world get access to maternal care that's safe and equitable and respectful. It's uh, founded by Christy Turlington Burns. And um, we did a shakeout run with the group, though. And we were running in Hudson Yards, I think. Do you know Yeah, Hudson is? Yards is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was like, why? When all the times I've been in New York, why have I never come here? This is like, I need to stay here next time yeah. we come. Because we always end up staying in Manhattan, like close to Times Square. It's like so chaotic and gross and smelly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hudson Yards is beautiful. It's right beside the expo. So it's relatively new. You know, they just built those skyscrapers up and they've got a a massive mall there uh you've got access right to the west side highway i I like it i think the fact i think being in like midtown manhattan kind of like deters people but when they visit the actual space in the neighborhood it's 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 different and i like it up there a lot i would live up there too i agree that that place is sick all right everybody a quick break here to thank Lagoon for supporting this podcast. Listen, there is nothing more important to me than a good pillow. I say that very boldly. I have spent a lot of time researching pillows in my day and 
this is your answer. If you wake up groggy with a stiff neck or back or your pillow's just not satisfying you, Lagoon's performance pillows are designed to meet the needs of all types of sleepers so you can fall asleep in eight minutes and stay asleep for eight hours. Lagoon's proven process includes matching people with their ideal pillow and then allowing you to add or remove fill so that you can sleep comfortably and with proper alignment. Okay, so go to lagoonsleep.com to get started. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at checkout for an exclusive 15% off your first order. Own your rest, Lagoon. All right, friends, back to the show. So are you still doing like real estate stuff? Uh, not from a commercial standpoint. There's like a... There's like private projects that we're working on, stuff with my mom and my family, and um, hopefully uh, a show here coming up. But um, a show? What does that mean? I I, I can't give. Too oh, many a show more, like a TV yeah, show. Yeah, there, could be, there could be something. In okay, the works. you can't give anything. Away. I see what you're saying there though. Could be something works. Um, I was thinking like but, a live event or something, but oh okay. no 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 no. I was like, are um, we doing a live podcast? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I don't do commercial anymore. I, I miss it though. Um, but the industry's changed uh, from how I was experiencing it. You know, being able to walk into a building and canvas it and try to find new business. Um, a lot of people are working from home now. A lot of businesses relocated outside the city. Uh, so it, it really changed when I was just getting my feet wet, and uh, it, it seemed like a good time to transition into you know something else that I was passionate about. Yeah. How much has your life changed, like post bachelor? And how's Rachel? Is she around? Do I get to say hi to Rachel? She's, she's actually knocked out sleeping right now because uh, this morning we had uh, she's such a trooper. We one of my buddies was going to film this shakeout run I did with another one of my friends who's visiting. And like he, he was way too busy. So Rachel was like on the city bike, like <laughs> beside us, like filming it. It was very funny because you know, she, she was obviously very tired, but she's, yeah, she's here. Life's been, uh, life's been nice. Actually. I've been able to, it's given you time and, and access to things that you're passionate about and that you, um, that you actually want to do. You know, I was, when I was doing commercial real estate, I feel like I was trading my, my time for money. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't ever think that's, uh, it's never netted me the best experience, you know, trying to do something just for money. And after the show um, and the the landscape of commercial real estate changing, the reasons that I wanted to do it and I was doing it like didn't make sense anymore. So it's like, what do you actually want to do? And doors are open when, you know, you've um, been as what's the best word for it? You've been as uh, in the in the limelight spotlight as you as I have and, and you share things that you're interested in, you know a lot of the stuff with ABC food tours and the nonprofit work we do, you know, people reaching out, wanting to support and amplify that message. A lot of the things with food insecurity and the work that we're doing with um, lettuce grow and the hydroponic farming, uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to really pursue the things you're passionate about. And I've just taken that by the reins and uh, it's been a very exciting past two years. Um, and it's allowed me to, to tap back into things that I kind of pushed to the side, like running. Like when I was doing commercial real estate, I hadn't run a marathon or um, I'd kind of a love hate relationship with training just because it was associated with uh, sports in the past. It's like I have to work out because, you know, you don't want to get injured or you, it's like a mandatory lift. 
And now it's like, you're doing these things as a release. And, um, it's just a, a much healthier balance. It's, it's been net positive. Like it's been a very, I'm very blessed. I have nothing to complain about. ABC food tours. You were, were you doing that before you were on the bachelor though? Weren't you? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, Can you uh, tell us about it. Yeah. I was a research analyst at CBRE and, uh, it just, it just wasn't fulfilling. Like I was just doing something that like, I felt like, um, anybody could do, which is like never rewarding or exciting. If you feel like you could easily be, you know, interchanged and you're not making a difference. So I just tried to think about things that I enjoyed and things I missed about, you know, periods in my life that I was having the most fun. And I th thought back to college and what, what exactly I was doing in college and not so much as like the partying, but like the, um, the community that I had with sports and football, the community outreach that we had, available to us through the athletic department setting up community outreach programs where you know you dress up as santa claus and deliver presents you have students come on campus for project pumpkin and you know you um you know have a trick-or-treating thing set up for them um eat with the deeks where you would have students come on campus and eat with athletes and talk about uh things that they want to pursue and goals that they have and i was like why can't i do that now like why can't i set up that stuff as you know a non-athletic regular we called us once you stop playing sports yeah you called yourself a narp and it's like a non-athletic regular person so i was like what can i do as a narp i've heard that a lot on this podcast yeah so it's kind of a newer I, term though i feel like is it is it i don't know maybe i just i just recently started hearing it and since then i've heard like three or four people refer to that i think other athletes i i don't think that like anybody who's not an athlete cares or like whatever call you that, but another athlete would be like, Oh, so like, what are you doing now as a NARP? Or okay. like, Oh, you're not. So yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just thinking about things that like would get students excited to engage with someone who wasn't on a sports team or, you know, a big time athlete. And I know that everyone loves food and um, I love exercising. And I think that there's fun ways to incorporate both. So I just started looking for ways to do that around the city and I reached out to my favorite restaurants. I reached out to my favorite gyms that I go to. And then I had to convince schools in the neighborhood that, you know, I wasn't crazy. You know, I'm going to these schools and asking to take their kids on a field trip. They're like, do your kids go here? Like, are you okay? <laughs> like, oh, no, like, I just want to. So like it was it was crazy. It was, it was a crazy process, but it brought me so much joy. And it's probably been one of the most meaningful things I've done since I left college. Uh and just fulfilling um, more so than, you know, going and being on TV more so than, you know, closing a deal, like seeing the looks on these kids faces and their families faces when they get to experience things for the first time that you and I have been doing since we were like little and, and, and it wasn't ever, you know, a big deal. Like just something as simple as going out to eat, you know, it's like, we're like groaning at the fact that we're going to a restaurant that like we, might not have been our first choice when some of these kids have never eaten out before, you know, they've never been into a grocery store. So it's, it's, it's fun to have that level of visibility into that, uh, those events taking place because, um, it's not very often, like as a grown up, you get to see people, unless you're your parent, you, as a grown up, you don't really get to see people experience things for a first time. Mm. You know what I mean? So seeing someone like, 
try sushi, like introducing someone to a culture uh, through an experience, through food or through exercise, um, showing our students that, you know, you can make a living as a fitness professional. Like that's so far out of the thought process of what they think about, because all they see in their neighborhood is like what they see and what, or what they see on TV or what they hear from their parents. And if their parents are immigrants or didn't don't have secondary education and access to experiences that everyone else does, then, you know, they're going to continue to stay on this wheel and not be exposed to things outside of that. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it's something that we still do. And we, um, we have food tours all over the country and, uh, a lot of people in businesses that support, what our students do and things like that are why I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had just because it's just a blessing to be able to do something like that and like it be your job, you know? So what I think is so cool though, is that you were doing this before like your fame hit or whatever you want to call it. Like, and I think people are like, Oh, who am I? Like, I can't start something like that because it like people will be like, who are you? Who do you think you are? You know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's so cool that you were like, literally knocking on doors and calling schools. It's like so much of these kinds of projects have to start with the grassroots and that's really intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like marathon training though. It's like anybody can do what I did. Anybody can run a marathon. It just starts with that, that first mile, Yeah. you know, and you have to believe in yourself. You have to, you have to believe that you can, you can get it done. And you know, I'm, I'm not a special person. Like I, I, I just wanted it done. Like I just, I willed it. And I think that if if you want something bad enough, you find a way to get it done. Like no matter like the people that when I went and talked to the principal and I asked them to take their students, they're like, no, <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. And I'm just like, like taking uh, the temperature of the conversation. I'm like, OK, this does sound crazy. Like, how can I convey this? So what I did was I did a teacher's food tour. So I took all like the executives or like the principals, the teachers, the counselors, whatever on the same tour that I was going to take the students. And they're like, Oh, this is sick. Like our students seem to be a part of it. And then when that happened, then the school across the street and the school down the street and the superintendent in Brooklyn, it just like everything starts to work itself out. But it didn't, I didn't start out like, I want to create this thing. It's like, I miss, you know, selfishly, like I missed being involved and having those type of interactions with students. Like, how can I do that again on my terms? You know, there's great programs set up, you know, you can mentor and tutor and all that stuff. But for me, I wanted it to be around food and fitness. And uh, that's, you know, that's what we did. Those seem to be two things that you're extremely passionate about in your life. And I read that you started running like for your mental health. And so I'm so curious how that um, how important that is and what it looks like. Like, are you running every day? I also, by the way, saw that you jump roped for an hour, <laughs> like post marathon. I am riding this like through the whole week. I'm not ex actually, I'm going to lift weights a little bit today, but this is the first day go. that yeah. I'm, I'm like, I totally relish in this like post marathon, not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all that's what you should be doing you should be resting your body there's two reasons the first is that i feel like when i get off schedule i really get off schedule and um we all as as runners work so hard to get into marathon shape and then when we're done running the marathon like i see this with probably 90 percent of people that run marathons they just cold turkey mm. they don't want to run anymore they don't want to train they're gonna 
like like a day of eating bad turns into a week of eating bad turns into a month of just like completely back to like old bad habits and i'm trying to force myself into this mindset that like no i'm here and like i'm gonna ride this out like i want to ride this training into london next year okay and uh you know tokyo like i i i want why not always be in shape like i don't have to you know have crazy long runs every weekend but like i want to be like a few weeks out of i want to be in fighting shape all the time mm. that's one reason and then the second reason is like there's been times in my life where I haven't been healthy, like uh, like I have broken collarbone, broken fifth metatarsal on my foot, injuries that like really debilitate you. Like I, I can't, you can't do anything when you're in a sling and your shoulders like jacked up and your broken collarbone and when you have a boot on your foot because it's broken. So like I think about those times where I couldn't do anything and I'm like, man, what I would give to like be active mm -hmm. and like it's such a blessing to be able to move and like every day I want to be able to be like I didn't take for granted that like I can exercise I, I just love it like I I don't I don't know I, I I obsess over things and I want to close my exercise rings so I'll have like my little apple watch on and like okay. got to get my calories and my minutes and all that stuff so it just it just it just kickstarts everything else in my day like if I start my day out wake up early, go exercise. Like that is like my coffee. What time do you wake up? It depends. Like I would say on average, like six 30, but like I would in a perfect world, it would be like, like six mm -hmm. would be that wake up every day. Like just mm -hmm. what, like, it's just so that you have everything done when everyone else is waking up. It's like, I like that. But that a lot of that, when I wake up goes into when I go to bed and I've been doing a better job of getting to bed early. Totally. Yeah. But I don't, again, I don't need a lot of sleep. Like I'm not. I saw not, that. I was like, I was doing some deep diving, you know, prepping for this. And yeah. I saw you and Rachel doing a, you were doing your book signing thing, whatever that thing you put up on YouTube. And yeah. um, she said, you only need like four to five hours of sleep. You get more, but like you can function on that. And man, four yeah. to five, that's, that's rough. Well, I don't know if it's healthy. Like, but it's <laughs> like, I just like my alarm, I'll wake up every day before my alarm goes off. And it's like, I just need to get moving. Like I yeah. just. I think a lot of it comes with, and again, I'm not saying this is the best thing or it's healthy or whatever, but for me, it's just like how I am. I think a lot of it comes from being the anxiety I had of living in New York City. There's so many overachievers and high achievers in the city. And if you're not doing a million things, I feel like I wasn't doing anything. Mm. So like, I've got to remind myself that like, you know, I'm, I'm running my own race and like, I don't need to compare myself to other people. But I think a lot of that, you know, like, all right, what do I need to do? Like, I need to exercise this and that is comes from this like unhealthy, like looking at other people and like, oh, this person did that. I need to do that. So, you know, I, again, I don't think it's the best thing, but I, when I first got to New York, I'm just like seeing everybody who's like, you know, yeah, they've, they work in ad sales or they're a, uh, social worker, but you know, on the side, they have this project where they're doing this with this friend and they're doing this with that friend. And I'm just like, dang, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. And like that kind of kickstarted, you know, what's something I can do from a social standpoint with ABC food tours. And um, they're also training for this marathon or an Ironman, like I should be. And you just get sucked into these things, but they're healthy things to get sucked in, in my opinion. Like I love training and um, building community and friends around things that don't have to be drinking and being out late. 
just because I don't really enjoy those things. So it's been it's been a lot of fun finding people that share those similar interests. I, I totally resonate with that. And I think that anybody who says they don't is probably not being totally honest. I'm, I think about that a lot with my my work and my family because I have four kids, 10 and under. And like I oftentimes think like they only had school two and a half days this week. And I, and I go all in with them when they're home. Like, I'm like, we're going to the park today. Like I, I really split this job and motherhood thing. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, uh, if I gave more time to work, like this person and this person and this person, would I be this much further? Right. So it's really hard to reconcile sometimes. And you, I mean, just trusting your gut. I'm, I'm so curious though. Do you drink at all? I love pina coladas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It was nice being down in Miami because like anything frozen, really, like I'm not like a I'm not a big drinker, not because I don't like the taste of it. Like I don't, I don't think alcohol tastes fine um, and beer. Like I, I don't mind either one of them, but I just put too much work in on the other side mm-hmm. to have it canceled out by, you know, an hour or so gratification of like having a buzz or something like and that. And that's what it is. It's an hour. It's like yeah. maybe two. And then yeah. you're like, uh, it's going to keep me up at night or it's terrible. Like yeah. it's, uh, and, and, the, and, and I love food too, but I've like found things that are healthy that I use as, you know, what used to be my pizza and my cookies and all these other things, because like the point I just made, it's like, you work so hard. Like you jump rope for an, like, I'm not going to jump rope for an hour and then go to like, you know, have, you know, some Twinkies and a few beers. And I'm like, why did I do that? It wasn't worth it. Um, for me, at least. Again, this is just how I'm wired and how I think about it. So it's like, I like drinking. I like eating things that aren't great or I don't mind it. But like, I couldn't tell you the last time I was drunk. Mm. Um, but if I'm on vacation, you better believe I'm going to have a pina colada or Miami Vice. Like, I I love anything frozen. But you're not doing it for the tipsiness. You're doing it because you enjoy drinking it. Like, do you get to the point where you're like a little bit tipsy even? I mean, yeah, just because it tastes like milkshakes, you know, I'm just like (laughs) taking them down. Like, I'm just like chilling. Like, I'm not like, like if I was trying to get drunk, then I would have like, you know, gotten shots or something. (laughs) I'm just enjoying like my little umbrella, whatever you got going on. Uh, But, um, but I mean, needless to say, like all all my friends drink and all my friends, like, and these are runners, like they'll have beers after they run. It's so social. Yeah, for sure. Um, But for me personally, it's like, you know, I obsess over like, the recovery, like the, the, the rest is so important. And I've seen what alcohol does to my recovery personally. So I'm just like, I've got too much I'm trying to do and not enough time to waste days recovering because I was like, you know, trying to have a good time. Hey friends, I want to tell you about the Donna Marathon weekend. This is a weekend that supports breast cancer research and also supports families walking through a breast cancer diagnosis. I go to this race every year. It is February 5th down in Jacksonville, Florida. It's just a wonderful weekend, a celebration of survivorship, a celebration of community. And the Donna Foundation works with the Mayo Clinic. And then they also have a care line where families can call and get the help that they need. The entire race weekend benefits the Donna Foundation, a foundation that I feel very passionately about. You all can go to breastcancermarathon.com. Sign up. See me down there. I would love to get to know you all and see you in person, meet everybody. Um, There's a half marathon, a marathon, a 5K. 
And it's just a beautiful weekend. Again, that's February 5th down in Jacksonville, Florida. Use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your registration. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, I want to dive into the running a little bit more because um, obviously this is a running podcast. Uh, but I read that you have the goal to go sub three in the marathon. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Okay. Happen. What's your half marathon PR? And you came through the half in New York at 129, didn't you? Yeah, the half. Uh, I guess that might be my PR. I don't know if I've I've only raced one half marathon. It was the Seabreeze uh, for Lululemon. It was probably, man. I mean, they're not even the same race. That's a marathon. So it's it, outside of New York, that race in Vancouver, they don't do it anymore, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry you guys can't sign up, but it was the sickest oh. race ever. Like you end running on the seawall in Vancouver. So like you look like you're in like game of thrones like across the water it's like foggy there's mountains it's like you're literally running on the water it's it was beautiful but that's the only real half marathon i've ever ran um i guess um, if you can take prs from splits of a marathon i guess this past one, one 129 and i wasn't even trying to do that i wasn't looking at my watch like i was just kind of feeling it out i felt great i was just in the but i'd look down I don't like to look at my watch because when I look down and if I saw that, that would have freaked me out. I'm like, yeah. oh shoot, I'm not trying to go sub three right now. We're on pace for that. Like I'm done. Yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't by design. I just kind of got swept up in the excitement of like running with Shalane. Like it was like, I, I felt, I felt good though. Like it's weird. Like I, I really did feel good. I didn't feel like I was like, you know, out of my, out of bounds with that pace. I felt, I felt strong. And then, um, I just, I just, after the race was over, I know I'm jumping around, but like, it's okay. I drank five Gatorades mm -hmm. and like, I wasn't like bloated. Like I was like, I needed that, mm -hmm. that much. Like It was like pound one, pound one. I was like, I need more. So like g jumping back to like that half marathon, like I don't think I could have taken in that amount of fluids while I was running the race and not like, you know, had some type of like, just like jostling in the mm -hmm. stomach or like a cramp from something like i don't know how i would have raced it differently and it just goes back to the training like i would i just had to train better you know so that um i had my straw too i had my straw i was running with the straw like uh, to drink your drinks it's a, it's i i recommend that for everybody really? it was it was a game changer because i can't like oh i tucked it in my uh my my like my compressions but like I can't, I don't know how people run and they're just like, Oh, I know. It's I, all over the place. Yeah. I know. And I kept dumping water on my hand cause like the Gatorade would get on my hands. My hands were always sticky. And, um, once it got so hot though, I walked through most of the water stops cause I was like, this is stupid. Like yeah, yeah. I got to mile seven and I was like, if you don't slow down right now, you're going to be walking like for 10 mm -hmm. miles. So slow mm -hmm. it down. And once I did that, yeah. I started walking through all That's the water smart. stops. Yeah. Yeah. You're better than me. I was walking before the water stops. I was, Ugh. I was like, it was so demoralizing when I didn't have any gas in the tank. And yeah. this is like mile like 19 or 20. And I'm like, something's got to give, like, I'm either going to, I got to start walking or I'm going to pass out. Yep. And I told myself, I'm like, I'm going to walk at every water station mm -hmm. and we'd turn a corner. And for as far as my eyes could see, there was no water. So I'm just like, well, like, I'm just gonna like it's it's a crazy 
for me at least is someone like because i'm not somebody who you know is a walker it's like i'm gonna walk run i'm gonna walk run like my goal is to run through the whole thing i'm talking about aid stations water whatever so like for me it was like taking like having grace on myself it's like yo like you're not like who do you think you are like yeah walk slow down like it's you're not okay. yeah it's okay so i was like all right and so as long as i just kept it moving kept it moving i was okay with that yeah that was always my fear to to walk through is that i wouldn't be able to get get my legs going again but you got to get on that morton i've run a lot of marathons i think if you get your nutrition down and you get your log runs up (laughs) you got three hours in the bag i know i i yeah the long runs for sure the nutrition for sure and uh i i I didn't there's a lot of things i didn't do right one of those another one that i didn't mention was that i was trying to drop weight while i was running because i'm like if i weigh less be less weight that I'm carrying. So this weight that I'm at right now is the lightest I've been since I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. In training or you're talking in about training, yeah, I lost like 11 pounds. Wow. Well, I mean, imagine it's hard to run distance really fast when you're such a big guy. You're six, five, right? Yeah. But I felt good though. I don't want to make excuses. Like I, I felt good. Like I was like those first through the first 13. I mean, that's easy to say the first 13, but with this next training cycle, Lindsay, I'm going to run faster more often. Okay. I'm going to do more negative split interval runs. Mm-hmm. I only did one of those. Like that was, that was another thing. So my long run, um, I don't uh, I ran 15 miles. We did like, we started at eight 40 and our last mile was seven minutes. Okay. That's great. And yeah. That was fun. Like that was like, I felt like it was like a good exercise because I've never been one that's like, like Shalane was saying, oh yeah, your fa- our fastest miles are going to be our last. I'm like, in what world? I'm like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm coming out the gate, like road runner. So taking that approach of like, like, like your first mile should never be your fastest. Especially on the Verrazano bridge. <laughs> oh my God. I wasn't looking though. I wasn't looking at my watch and then I'd, I'd look down. I'm like, oh, 630. Oh, 620. Like, wow. It's hard not to get ahead of yourself, especially at the beginning of the freaking New York City Marathon. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I'm so curious. Are you a fan of the sport? Like, I know that you were there doing stuff with MasterCard and so was Shalane and Alexi. But like, did you know who they were before? Do you follow the elites? Do you know what's going on in the running space? Like, you probably look at my podcast and you know a couple of names on there. But like, how in are you? Uh, I would say like... um, I would say more than your average American. You know, I don't think your average American could be like, oh, that's like Kipchoge. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would say that before this race, this before this last race, my my sole focus was on track and field. Okay. Just because as someone who, you know, competed in that space, like I follow like the the top men and women's 400 runners. Like one of my good friends uh, is married to like one of the best. 400 hurdlers in the world and so like the the things that i track are the things that i know like 100 200 400 like that that is like my bread and butter right there um but after this race i was dead serious when i said that my new favorite athlete is shalane flanagan like Mm -hmm. that is like like i already bought her cookbook like i'm gonna have like i'm I'm following the whole i'm bought in like i'm uh i i want to like I'm, I'm immersed now. I'm, I'm just like, I was just so blown away by like her gamesmanship and just her as a person. 
And I just feel like I should have known better. I'm like, I didn't even realize what I was like a part of when I was doing that. Like, it was just so special to share that moment with, with her and everyone else who was at the marathon. Um, so that's a long winded answer, but like, I don't know as much as I'd like to. And I'm, I'm excited that this race took place how it did so that, you know, as we approach the Olympics and uh, this new season of track and field coming up, like I'm going to be tapped in like even more than I was before. Um, and it's just going to be more exciting for me. You're joining, you're joining us like yeah, the I'm Olympic trials. You'll have to go. They just announced the Olympic trials for the marathon. It's going to be in Orlando and everybody always goes to the trials and it's so exciting. The women's field is like so insanely deep. You're going to know these women by name. Like you're yeah. going to be all in and your friends are going to be like, you're watching a marathon on TV. You're going to sit there for two and a half hours and be engaged in this, but somehow it's yeah. exciting once you're all in. Yeah. I've watched a handful of marathons um, all the way through. And like, I would equate it to someone like making someone watch golf who doesn't like yeah. golf. Yeah. It's like, they're like, where's the, where's the person getting tackled? Where's the ball? But like, I was just, I was as someone who's a runner, like I was just like, cause you're training, you're doing these things and they're doing it at just like peak levels so you just have so much admiration and respect for him. So yes, to answer your question, I will be watching all of those things uh, going forward, which is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, let's wrap up with a podcast here. Um, what's what's your takeaway from New York though? Like if you had to give, like this is what I took most from this whole experience, whether it be how you ran, running with Shalane, the running community, all of that. Um, I mean, I would just say, that my biggest takeaway is that running builds community. Like all of those people who ran the marathon could have the craziest things going on in their lives outside of that race. And they probably do like dealing, like people are running for lo lost loved ones. People are running, battling addiction. People are running against everything. But when you're running that race, like you're like, you're just focused on finishing and everyone who's in that corral with you in that race with you as your sister, your brother, like that's family. And like, you're taking care of each other. Like you're encouraging people. Like I don't see that anywhere else. Like I don't see that in any other style event, you know, like even like common day in New York, it's like, you don't see people like, like, why can't we do that all the time? But with running, you just see it. And so um, it's just an honor to be a part of. And I was a beneficiary of it this year, you know, uh, in my experience. And it just motivates me more to, to get involved in the community, be a pacer, volunteer at the races this year. So yeah, my biggest thing was just like validating that running builds community. I love that. Um, yeah, I've only paced one race and it's really, really fun, especially mm -hmm. when you get in, when you're supposed to get in and you're seeing these people accomplish their goals and you got to carry them through that. It's a really cool experience. Oh, hold on. Can I grab something? Yeah. Okay. What does he have his medal? What does he have? not have my medal so this won't make a lot of sense for um the people who are listening but i'll draw a visual are you ready lindsay yes <gasps> what so does that mean you're gonna run with that pace team no so what i have in my hand is the pace team for the three hour marathon and it has all the intervals and kilometers and miles that you need to hit to run a three-hour marathon. Okay. I ran into an individual leaving the marathon who had this, and I was like, yo. Oh, I saw him pass me. 
I saw him pass me during the race. Like, Yo, <laughs> asked me like, you're, you're a machine, you're a beast. Like, how did you get to this point? And we just had this like really cool conversation. And so I have this as motivation for next year. Like I'm going to have this in my room and I'm just going to look at it when I go to train so that like, I'm looking at it every single day. It's like pace 651 for a three hour marathon, like what I need to do every day. So just need to visualize it. And, uh, it's going to help just having it around the house. And I'm just gonna, I'm going to look at it before I go out, when I run. <laughs> She's going to help you not have any drinks before you go out, not eat past 4, <laughs> p- 4 PM. Um, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Mm. Something personal I want to do is go to Africa. My dad is from Africa and all my friends who are, you know, half African or have some sort of uh, tie to, to Africa have gone back and I've never gone back. And I feel like it's something that I'd like to do uh, and experience just as, um, you know, I'm getting older and hopefully becoming a father. I want to be able to, you know, share my history with my family and, um, I haven't been back to Africa, specifically Nigeria. So I would love to do that. And um, hopefully that's in the in the pipeline for the next two years. I love it when someone just throws it out there, like hopefully be a dad someday. And <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's definitely a goal. That's awesome. Things have to happen before that. I would like. But yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even mention your book, First Impressions. It's out. Yes. It's just out. adding this to your book tour, really. That's what this podcast yeah, is, Yeah, right? no, we'll have a book signing in Nigeria. So if you're listening in Lagos, I'll see you 2025. Uh, we'll go on a run before and we'll talk about the book on the run. It'll be great. That's awesome. Um, what is, do you read? What's the best, most recent book you've read? The best book I've read recently? I would say the Bible. I, I try to read the Bible every day. And uh, I'm not a... I'm not a, uh, a fast reader or like uh, I had to do the audio book for my book. I read it and it took me forever. Um, Good but for you for book, reading it, though, because I, I don't like it when authors don't read it. I want to hear the author's voice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, uh, it was. I'm glad that I did it, too. I'm glad that I did it, too. But that's a book. The Bible is a book I read. I try to read every day. Um, I'm, I don't get to it always, but I like to. And um, I would say that's my favorite book. Yeah, I remember on The Bachelor when you prayed for everybody and that yeah. was a big part of it. I always wonder how much faith is actually talked about because that is such an important part of, of choosing a partner in life. And like how much what, did you actually talk about it versus how much was actually played on the show? And Right. I think I think that you, I think that everything is talked about. So like, you know, a lot of people are just so confused as to like, like how you could get to this point without talking about, you know race, family, religion, uh, this or that. But like, you know, that doesn't always make for the best TV. So it's like before, before anything, it's a television show. So, um, whatever's gonna, you know, draw most people to the, to the TV, uh, is, is what's gonna make that final cut. So it was definitely talked about. I'm, I'm surprised they shared that, that as much as was shared as they, as they did. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely my best. That's my favorite book so far. I love it. And you guys seem to be out of the bachelor world, really. You kind of like do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's refreshing to have, um, other people going through drama, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, you were in the, you, your life and whatnot picked apart for, for long enough. And then, you know, you're ready for the next people to be, to be in it. So, 
but we still have a bunch of friends that were on the show. Like I love Hannah Brown and oh yeah, uh, Brown. Dylan and Hannah are, are some of our favorite people, and obviously Tyler is my roommate. Yeah. So um, we're we're we still uh, we still get all the tea. Um, last question about Bachelor, and we will we will close up. Do you do you connect with like Catherine Lowe and Sean? Because I feel like they're like one of the few couples that like really made it through and seem like they're going to be in it forever. That's a crazy question because I hadn't talked to Sean forever and he freaking texted me yesterday out of the blue. Wow. So happy because he's just like, like someone, someone I really look up to and just how he's carried himself as a father and a man and just a human. Uh, but yeah, he texted me. So I, I do, I do communicate with him and he get, he's given me actually some of the best advice post-show and pre-show that anybody has. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I do. I do keep in, in touch with those, with those peeps. That's awesome. All right. What's your last message to leave with our audience today? Mm, last message for the audience. Um, don't wait till tomorrow. You know, I, I tell myself that all the time, like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do that tomorrow. It's like, you'll never get anything done. Just do it today. Just don't wait until tomorrow, whether it's goal setting, whether it's telling someone that you love them or you miss them, that you're sorry. Just, just be fearless. I love that. Matt James. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. You all can connect with Matt. He's pretty active on Instagram. He's MattJames919. Uh, you can connect with me. I would love to get to know you. I am LindsayHine626 on Instagram, at LindsayHine on Twitter, and we have a great Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I would love to connect with you there as well, and you can also connect with the rest of the community listening to this podcast, or at least a fraction of the community. Send us an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com or emma at sandyboyproductions.com if you have any suggestions for the show. We always love hearing from listeners. You can learn more about this podcast network at sandyboyproductions.com. Check out all the shows in our network. I have a podcast for parents called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Something I say all the time at my house. Um, and also the newest podcast in our network, it's the Ready to Run podcast hosted by Dr. Efren Kambalas and Kurt Roser, who is a physical therapist. You're going to learn all about injury prevention and coming back from injury. And you're going to hear from the experts themselves on well-researched topics, as well as awesome guests over there. That's called Ready to Run. Thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time.